morning, Orlando's mayor says a permanent memorial to honor the Pulse victims should be finished by 2026. That's 10 years since the massacre happened. And West 2's Bob Hazen is live at Pulse this morning. Bob, city leaders are taking over the process of building this memorial. That's right, and the goal is to get that permanent memorial done here on the site of the Pulse nightclub by the time of the day that would mark the 10 years since that massacre happened that killed 49 people. Now, the mayor said yesterday that the city of Orlando will be quickly moving to work out the planning, design, and dedication of that memorial now that the city does own this property. It bought the club site for $2 million from the One Pulse Foundation, which collected money for years for this project and for a museum, but could never ever get it done and is now dissolving. Mayor Buddy Dyer says they still don't know exactly what ideas are going to be focusing on or finalizing with what this memorial will look like, but they'll listen to everyone to make the final plans. We do it in a transparent way that gets as much input from as many stakeholders as we possibly can, that we get it done transparently and we get it done in a timely manner. Now, county records do show that One Pulse recently sold a small piece of land, actually two parcels that are right next to the nightclub property, and the foundation had bought that land for a million dollars just last year. Dyer says he expects to have a public ceremony here at the Pulse nightclub site once these plans are finalized and the work is all done on this public memorial that will be held on June 12th, 2026. Reporting live at Pulse, Bob Hazen, West 2 News. And Mayor Dyer's theme when he gave that update on the memorial was communication, trust, and transparency. But as West 2's Nancy Alvarez tells us, for many of those impacted by the massacre, those words fell short because they literally did not understand what he said. It is important that we do communicate with the victims' families and survivors. June 12, 2016 was Latin night at Pulse. 90% of the people hurt or killed were Hispanic. The primary language spoken by them all, Spanish. But in communications, since then, survivors and victims' families say language barriers persist. Even today, Mayor Dyer's news conference, only in English. Tony Marrero was shot 15 times at Pulse. Anything that will happen with polls, the few of us who spoke English will translate, you know, for those who didn't understand. But why do we have to translate? All this information should be available to them also in their main language. When you don't do that and you show like you don't care, that's racism. In a wide-ranging interview with West 2 over the summer, dozens of family members and victims, some who traveled to Orlando from Puerto Rico, spoke about the disconnect they felt with the One Pulse Foundation. Miriam Torres Santiago lost her son, Martin. And they fear it will happen again now that the city has taken over the project. Joshua Hernandez was shot twice. Somos Latinos. Y me siento que nos han discriminado a todos y necesitamos que se haga justicia. In a statement sent to West 2 today from a spokesperson who translated for the mothers of several victims, they said, quote, how can you trust and place faith in the new entity that has taken over the process of building a memorial when it does not make a genuine effort in the simple things to be inclusive of the Hispanic community that was disproportionately impacted? 
Family members also want answers about how funds raised by One Pulse were used over the last seven years. While the mayor spoke about obtaining design plans from the One Pulse Foundation and moving forward, many survivors and families say they can't until they have more answers in their language. Carmen Capó lost her 20-year-old son, Luis Omar. Nancy Alvarez, WESH 2 News. City leaders said a translator was at yesterday's news conference to answer any Spanish language media questions. A spokesperson later told us, quote, moving forward, we are committed to providing information and updates translated in both English and Spanish. West 2 News is staying on top of every development with the Pulse Memorial. You can find all of our coverage online at WESH.com. A Seminole County deputy has been charged with DUI after a DeLand police officer said they found her passed out in her car at an intersection. Put your car in park. The officer located Seminole County Sheriff Deputy Kristen Simpson stopped at a red light at South Woodland Boulevard and Taylor Road on Saturday night. The officer said they then walked up to the car to check on the driver. The affidavit states there were three open cans of White Claw, an alcoholic drink in the car. She eventually got out. Police say she refused a breath test and field sobriety test. Simpson was placed under arrest for driving under the influence. To Volusia County, where a man jumped from a moving car after Daytona Beach police say two women stabbed him. The victim told officers 53-year-old Carla Thomas and her daughter, 30-year-old Danielle Tolliver, picked him up at the Baymont Hotel on International Speedway. He says they kept asking him for help, and at some point he fell asleep. He then woke up to Tolliver accusing him of stealing her mom's phone. She's also accused of stabbing him several times after that. The victim went to the hospital. He's expected to be okay. Police arrested Thomas, who faced several charges this morning. There's now a warrant out for her daughter's arrest. Down in South Florida, an eight-year-old girl is recovering this morning after getting shot by another child in the face. Investigators say a 10-year-old boy found a gun in his mom's console while she was inside this racetrack gas station yesterday morning. This is in West Palm Beach. The child then shot it and hit the little girl in the cheek. Police say the mother could face neglect charges. Tampa police arrested a man accused of hitting a mail carrier and leaving him to die at that scene. Yeah, Tampa police are saying that 56-year-old Christopher Prater was arrested. He told police his roommate was the one driving. The vehicle's owner told investigators the car was parked at the home a few days before the crash. Police say Prater did not have permission to drive the car, but did have the keys in case the car needed to be moved. He's now facing several charges.